Are you ready to witness greatness? NFL fans, welcome to the largest tailgate party in the nation. Let's go! Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Victory is the end game. We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is... Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No. Oh, welcome in. It's the Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM Podcast. We'll have Jarrett Smith talking some college ball and a little NFL. He's dipping his big toe. He's dipping his right and left feet into the uh, prop bet waters here in Week 18. Also, we'll talk NFL with Bill Krakenberger from crackwins.com, sports handicapper uh, du jour right there. He's fantastic. I'm Brian No. Hey, new users, download the BetMGM app today and use code count- COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Let's welcome in Jared Smith. Before we get to your Week 18 props, which you are, you're giddy over here, Jared. You're doing backflips. You're doing somersaults. <laughs> Let's get into the college football uh, championship matchup, TCU-Georgia. Before we dive headfirst into that, how about last week, just the playoff games, instant classics between TCU and Michigan, Georgia outlasts Ohio State. I can't think of a worse way to welcome in the new year than being a diehard Buckeyes fan where it hits midnight and a couple of seconds in, the kick is not even anywhere close. But if you're not a diehard Buckeyes fan, all-time historic stuff, what we saw in the playoff games last week. It it really was um, a fantastic, fantastic game. I think at the exact moment that that kick went up was when the clock struck midnight on the East Coast. Like, it, it was eerie, the timing of those moments. And I think someone, I saw on social media, it was like a side-by-side of, like, the ball dropping in New York City and and, and the kick going up. Um, I have no words for uh, just how epic of, of a day that was. And, and not only the Georgia-Ohio State game, but, but the game that took place before it. And... Who need like in what universe do we want less of these college football playoff games? I guess is is kind of where I'm going here, and it, it was it was truly a great day, and I think Ohio State's a lot better than, than people remembered. We haven't seen them in in over a month, and I think that was the big theme: is you forget just how good and how stacked they are all over the field. And if you played this game in mid October, it's probably closer to a pick'em, and I think that's kind of where the line should have been, and. When you look at what Georgia is, hey, heart of a champion. And the offense, really. That, that's the biggest key for me, Brian, is I, I think Georgia's miss, you know, n- n- the narrative's wrong on Georgia. They're not a defensive team this year. They're an offensive team, and their offense is the reason why they were able to come back and win that game. Yeah, their pass rush was on a milk carton yeah. against Ohio State. you got to credit Ohio State's offensive line. They sure. were tremendous, but... Where was Georgia's pass rush? And they had no answers in the secondary. So if you spin it forward and look at the matchup against TCU, can TCU protect Max Duggan as well as Ohio State protected C.J. Stroud? If TCU can do that, they're in business. With Quentin Johnston, you can air it out there. Quentin Johnston went crazy against Michigan, six catches for a buck 63 and a touchdown. I don't know if the pass rush is going to be as anemic 
for the Bulldogs in this matchup. And it makes me wonder, with TCU beating Michigan, you look at what Max Duggan did passing the football, Jared. A couple of interceptions, had more incompletions than completions. That's not going to be nearly enough against Georgia. So I think Max Duggan's got to play a lot better against the Bulldogs. Absolutely. And he he made play – like. Max is one of those guys that I think down to down doesn't impress you, but he's a guy that comes up big in big spots. He has that Mahomes quality to him where he can make kind of chicken salad out of chicken excrement. The play is breaking down, receiver scrambling, he's getting flushed out of the pocket, and instead of panicking and throwing it into the stands or just running and taking the sack, he's able to find the open man in those really difficult spots. And listen, he is, I think Georgia's pass rush is going to have an easier time. I think the trench game here will look a lot differently than it does than it did in the Georgia Ohio State game. We again, we forget just how talented Ohio State's players are all over the field, five-star kids. TCU does not have that luxury. In fact, T, uh, Sonny Dyke said um, after the game and I didn't even realize this, they only had four players who'd ever played in a bowl game before before that semifinal game. Mm. Like, that's how inexperienced and just, I don't want to say not talented, because of course at this level they've made it to the title game. They're talented, but the, the, the step up in class from TCU to Ohio State in terms of, again, the first and second stringers, the depth, it, it's, it's massive. And I don't think Michigan did a good job taking advantage of it. We, we, we heard that quote um, uh, from the linebacker said, you know, once, once they went into their bag and they started, you know, trying to run trick plays, we knew we had them. I, I don't think George is going to worry about that. They're just going to run their offense. And I think Munkin's going to do a really good job of calling plays. And I, I have very little doubt that we are going to see a very good Georgia offensive performance in this game. The question is, can their defense, which, you know, looked a little bit shaky against Ohio State, can they hold up and cover a 13-point spread? I think that's the big question in this game from a betting standpoint. Yeah, I just wonder, and I try not to think about the previous game too much because you know this, styles make fights. It's how you match up against your current opponent. But I can't help but think a little bit about TCU They played well, don't get me wrong, but greatly assisted by Michigan. Two pick sixes, a a dropped or a fumble at the goal line when you should have just snuck it in, right? Like the Philly special at the beginning of the game when it was scoreless that was failed. It's just like, what was Michigan doing? And I just wonder if... If Georgia's offense, led by Stetson Bennett, who threw for 398 against Ohio State, if they aren't greatly assisting TCU, this game could get ugly pretty fast. Totally agree. And, again, you, you, you look at what Georgia is offensively right now. And even in Michigan's squalor, and they're you know beating themselves, they, they still managed to score 40-plus in this game. And it was still down to the wire, last second. At the end of the day, though, I give TCU a ton of credit. And, and a lot of people, I have a lot of friends that were really hot and heavy on Michigan, and I, I understand why. I, at seven and a half, I, I, I understand why after that number comes down a little bit, maybe if you're able to get a seven somewhere, you're, 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 you're bullish on the Wolverines. And a lot of them were very upset, and people get mad after they lose bets. But a, a lot of it was, ah, Michigan threw that game away. You have to give TCU a little bit of credit because Michigan had multiple opportunities 
they got the, the margin back to one score twice in the second half, early third quarter and early fourth quarter. And on both occasions, TCU marched right down the field on the next drive and scored a touchdown. So, again, the guts and just the grittiness of this TCU offense, we, they were 1,000 to 1. I've heard 200 to 1 floated around. Here in Vegas, one of the sportsbooks had them at 1,000 to 1 to win the national championship before the season. And wow. here they are in the natty. I love that they were picked to finish 7th in the Big 12. And the funny thing is, there are not even 12 teams in the Big 12. There are 10. They were picked to finish 7th out of 10. Aren't there, is it changing again? Right? Aren't teams leaving yeah. this year? And yeah, we got like anymore. half the act going in there. I, it's Can we get rid of conferences already and get away yeah. from this ridiculous Crazy. format and just let these guys pick the teams every year for the playoff and that's the only way we grade teams? Do you have a lean? We look at like the Georgia. line for this. We've got what Georgia's favored by twelve and a half. The total is sixty-two and a half. It's funny. I was thinking after the semifinal games, sixty-two and a half feels like an Army Navy total. You know what I mean? Like sixty-two and a half. They might have that midway through the third yeah, quarter. Right. Not every game is going to play out like that. I, I think Georgia wins and covers. I, I now. Does that mean the back door won't be open at some point, and we're not going to have spread drama? I'm sure we will. I doubt it's going to be a 28-point drubbing where in the final 10 minutes there's literally no chance that TCU can cover. I, I think there's. I think TCU will have their moments in this game, but it kind of reminds me of what we see in the semifinals when that fourth team, I remember at Washington or Cincinnati or Michigan State, plays Alabama, you know, and you see just the big gap in talent. And then if that top team executes, the, the gap becomes even more you know, wide. And that's, I think, what we're going to see. If, if Georgia comes out strong and runs their offense effectively and they score early and they get out to an early lead and they put pressure on TCU, I, just, I, I don't think they have the ability to stop Georgia's offense consistently. So TCU's going to have to get a couple of turnovers and, and make some big plays. Because I, I, I think if it's just a down-to-down football game and Georgia just matriculates, I, I don't see how TCU's defense gets a lot of stops in this game. Yeah, I think it's going to feel like an even greater letdown after those classic semifinal games if this yeah. isn't a close game. I'm really hoping it's a great game. We've been lucky um, so far. We've had we the most close been, playoff games already in just the first two. I mean, anything anything after this is gravy after what we saw last Saturday. That was probably the best Saturday of college football I can ever remember. Uh, it was off the charts and a, a lot of great non-playoff bowl games too. some close ones there. I um I need to bellyache for a second, Jared, uh, before we get though. to your week 18 prop plays, which I'm very excited about. Just a brief minute, just real fast here. I look over at the FCS championship game. OK, North Dakota <laughs> State, South Dakota State. And I'm like, oh, yeah, when, when's uh, when's that game being played? Well, it would be Sunday. And OK, immediately I start thinking Sunday. At 2 p.m. Eastern time, head-to-head with eight NFL games. What in the holy hell are you guys thinking? Like, play this game on Friday. Play it on Saturday before the I'd watch it from beginning to end. I'm not going to see a play of this freaking game now. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I don't even have a response that I can logically say why. Like, there's a perfect, there's an ideal window open. It's Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's right. College football Saturday. Leading into the Chiefs-Raiders game. Yes, perfect. Are you sure it's not a typo and the game's not being played Saturday at that time? No. That is the most absurd (laughs) thing I've ever heard in my life. That's right. 
Sunday at 2 p.m. What are they doing? Why would you do that? That is asinine. Oh, it's really bad. But we move from that to something that is not. We got to ask Seamus about that game this week, though, on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely will. Yeah, absolutely. Your week 18 prop plays. You are, you know, like that eight year old that runs like, it's Christmas morning. Time to open (laughs) presents. Like you have that child still lives inside of you. Because of Week 18 prop bets over here. Let's start with the Chiefs and Raiders. This is one of your prop plays. Uh, what do you like in this matchup? Raiders. Uh, first of all, I'm excited on Saturday because we're going to obviously, now with college football season ending, start to do a lot more transitioning into the NFL. And this week, particularly, the time slot that we are in Saturday morning leading into the Saturday afternoon and Sunday games, it's like the ideal betting window because it's when all the prop numbers start to get released. We're we're recording this on a Thursday morning. We're starting to see some of them get released for Saturday's games and then into Sunday. Mahomes needs 430 passing yards to... I believe either pass or tie or you know get past Peyton Manning's single season record, which is fifty four seventy seven. His passing yards prop is around three nineteen ish, and again, that's the ideal number because you know he's going to be gunning for the record. First of all, he gets a Raiders defense that's been terrible this year. They gave up a bunch of points to Brock Purdy last week, and the number he needs is so much higher I think the sense of urgency will squarely be there and I like the over for this game too just because I think the Raiders offense looked okay with Jarrett Stidham so this game has the makings with Kansas City needing to win to clinch that top seed I think the direction the NFL is going to go in is going to just let the Bengals Bills game stay postponed and they will let win percentage determine seeding that means this game means a lot for the Chiefs to uh, you know for home field so this is like an absolute go zone for me. Mahomes over passing yards prop anywhere in the three teen range is a bet. And the other one that you are incredibly excited about Titans Jaguars, the nightcap on Saturday for the AFC South. There are incentives galore. Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, but there is one man. That was just mentioned that you have both eyes directly on. Who is that guy, Jared? Yeah, I've heard a lot about Jones and Kirk this week. They've already earned a lot of incentives in their contracts, and they absolutely will be motivated to earn more this week. But I haven't seen a lot of news on Ingram. Ingram's another guy that's already earned $600,000 because he's eclipsed his receiving yards 600 yard number. But now, if he gets to, excuse me, 700 yard number, now if he gets to 800, he gets another 200,000, and he's 61 yards away from that. And the reason why this number is great is because it is, first of all, it's relatively low. Second of all, his prop number is also in the mid-40s, and that is a perfect little gap between what he needs and what his prop number is. So I feel very comfortable here. The final wrinkle, which is what makes Ingram, in my opinion, immensely more valuable than Jones and Kirk, of those three guys— only Ingram's contract expires this season. Remember, he bet on himself this offseason. He signed the one-year deal, wasn't getting a lot of love from a lot of places, said, hey, I'm going to bet on myself, and I'm going to sign a one-year deal. Well, now that adds even more urgency to this situation because unlike Jones and Kirk, who can create you know, other roster and, and workout bonuses in the offseason, a lot of times when guys get close to their contract incentive numbers at the end of the year and they don't reach them, the agents will then reach out to the team and say, hey, we're coming back next year. Let's you know roll this bonus over and you know reallocate it and repurpose it into a workout or an incentive bonus down the road. 
you don't have that option with Ingram because his contract is expiring. So I think that makes his number just... I would say it's probably going to be my largest individual wager of the NFL season so far over Evan Ingram receiving yards. And I strongly recommend betting that number now before it gets to 61 and it loses all of its value. Can we do the ladder? With Ingram, is there, are there any ladder options over oh, here? Man, you know, that's a, that's a great <laughs> like, idea. You're you know, like, in-game no is always I'm, thinking. I'm just thinking. Do we have it, it where it's you know, 38? Then we yes. get to <laughs> we would we would get a 50, and then maybe a 60 would be the way to play it if we can get it. But not a lot of sports books offer that. And another thing about these, so for the contract incentive props. The last couple of years, as gambling has become more popular, and the props, obviously, this has become a lot more public, and the numbers will fluctuate very quickly. So if you see one you like, don't hesitate to bet it because the numbers will move and the sports books are aware, and they will adjust accordingly. No, great stuff. Hey, catch us on Saturday. Countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM. We're on Fox Sports Radio. Jared Smith will be with us. Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American, always a good time. Myself, Brian, no, that's 9 a.m. until noon Eastern time on Saturday. Get you all set for week 18, a little college football, maybe a little college hoops. We're going to get nutty, so catch us then. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sports books. All right, I want to welcome in Bill Krakenberger, sports handicapper from crackwins.com, joining us here on the podcast. Crack, um, I don't know. It's like I'm talking to someone else here. As soon as you popped on before we started recording, you gave me some sides. I'm like, Crack, do you yeah, have a fever? Are you feeling I mean, okay? Normally a total guy, you're giving me some sides here today. Well, you like, were about to call me Quack Wins, which I actually like that better. Quack. I may ch- I may change the whole organization. <laughs> so, um, Quackwins.com, uh, yeah. yes. A little, a very a successful quacky, website. A little yeah. quacky this weekend. Uh, yeah. I'm giving you sides because there's playoff implications, and sometimes books don't catch certain things. And uh, I, I, yesterday I, I bet a couple things. One was uh, I, I bet a teaser with Denver Denver plus seven and a half and the Bengals minus one a six-point teaser uh you got to get over the seven and then you can't get this anymore because it started moving it's correlated because if the Bengals win which they're supposed to win seven point favorites the Chargers will sit their starters so um it it is supposed to win so that that's the situation there and I'm sorry Cincinnati's supposed to win obviously but you know conversely you can actually bet the other way, too. You can bet Ravens money line and Chargers money line. So it's kind of interesting. You can do both of them and have some fun with them. And you get back some good returns. Uh, but I think that my teaser looks better. But you can actually still bet the parlay. If I had to bet one thing, I'd probably bet the Bengals money line. you got to lay about 3-1 to one there with Denver laying one and a quarter. Comes back plus 135 to 145, depending on where you're betting it. I think that's a pretty good money line parlay. And, you know, believe it or not, I, don't, I never talk about hedging. It's real simple. If you bet that, let's say you bet that for, I'll, I'll use small terms, $100. If you bet it for $100 and you get back 135 if Cincinnati wins, you get back 135 if, um, if your second leg of your parlay, Denver wins, you can actually hedge that with a Chargers bet plus two. 
um, you know, to have a little bolt of action, go and lock up some money and still have a shot in the middle. So it, there's a couple of different things you can do. Or you can bet a Chargers money line, uh, you know, taking now you're taking plus money on both sides. You're, you're taking, you know, plus 115 on one side, plus 135 on the other side. It's a good scenario. I bet I bet many, many, many thousands of dollars on this. So um it's it's a it's a good situation you have there, you know. We have situations here where there must win teams, yeah. and you know, I, that, you know that's why I wanted to get to next crack yeah. is you oh, like ahead, to I'm swim sorry. upstream from time yep. to time. You like to go against the grain, mm-hmm. and this is something that you love doing. Where if you look at these must win spots, and you can remember if you're a diehard NFL fan, there are so many. T- Last year, Indianapolis had to win against Jacksonville, and they got worked. They got shut out. Um, and uh, well, I don't know if they got shut out, but they got crushed in that game. And uh, it happens time and time again. There's a team that has nothing to play for, and they're loosey-goosey. The team has everything on the line, and they're tight, and they just can't get out of their own way. You see any opportunities this week for something like that? Listen, it's real simple. I want to bet bet against all the must-wins. This goes goes back a decade here. Literally, uh, 60% just blindly betting against the must-win teams. You have an overinflated line. Normally, um, I don't really see that in a Seattle game. Now, Seattle played the Rams earlier in the season. The line was more. So I, I don't see that, in that that situation. But there's a lot of situations where it's already baked into the line. I mean, um, the Philadelphia giving the Giants 14? I mean, I, I know the Giants are going to, you know, don't need the game because they're already in the playoffs and it doesn't improve them. Um Philadelphia does need the game to defend the division, but they needed the last couple games for the division. And, you know, with the Minshew situation there, I, 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 I'm not even 100% if Hurts is going to – you know, he did throw some snaps mm-hmm. yesterday, so he did throw some passes I've seen. Uh, you I, know what? One thing I'll say real yep. fast, Crack, is yep. one of the things that makes Philly so special this season is Jalen Hurts' running ability. And if he's yeah. not at 100%, oh, yeah. yep. he's not going to be running the same yep. way, and that's a they big part of – of their whole approach. So yeah. I think you got to keep that in mind if you're thinking about getting in on a side between the Giants and Philly in that one. Well, and even better, the Giants have a history, and I know it's different operational-wise, different coach, different thing. I think the Giants have a history of playing. The situation against Brady years ago, they played all their starters, even though they were they didn't need the game. And I think the same situation here. I think the ball's going to play uh, his starters, at least for the first half. So I'm looking at a Giants first half bet. I, I may even be looking at a Giants plus 14, which is widely available. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Giants, uh, you know, not not only for the game, I think the first half is a, a good bet here. And uh, again, only one or two sports books have that right now. And um, I went to go bet it yesterday, and they wanted to give me like a, a ridiculous low bet on the first half. So that line will come, come up in the next couple of days. I think it's a good bet. Also, I think conversely that Philadelphia is a good bet in the third quarter. I think that if they do come out, the Giants, and play all their starters in the first half, they'll maybe pull the reins back a little bit in the third quarter get some eyeballs on some other guys, see how they're doing, some of the backups in case they do need them for the playoffs. And I think Philadelphia third quarter is probably a good bet also, which some of the sites actually you could bet third quarter right now. So um, this will be up, though, pregame. And you could bet the third quarter on uh, Philly. So we have some really good, interesting scenarios, and this this being one of them this weekend, uh, Philadelphia – 
really hasn't shown nothing with their backup, which we were we were kind of expecting them to, you know, play a little bit better. And uh, I mean, to lose to the Saints like they did last week was really disgusting. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. One thing I wanted to throw at you, Crack, is uh, the situation with Demar Hamlin. And and hang with me for a second because this will make sense. It'll apply to uh, some other things here, but. The Bills' safety went down against the the Bengals, suffered a cardiac arrest. They administered CPR, rushed him off in the ambulance to the hospital. He's making great progress. Thank God that he's getting better. And of complete secondary importance is now we look at the impact on the schedule. And I'm curious what the NFL is going to do with that Bills-Bengals game do they just say, ah, we're not going to make it up? Do they think about delaying the playoffs by a week and getting that game in because it has a lot to do with who's going to be the one seed, who's two, who's three? That's really interesting to me because we have not heard a ruling of that at all. Let's just say for the sake of argument, the NFL says, we're going to make this game up. We're going to resume play next week. Well, then a game like Giants-Philly is a lot more interesting because now all of a sudden everybody would have a bye week essentially, right? So you might see a team like the Giants play their starters a little bit longer if that's the scenario. I don't expect it to be the scenario. The NFL is probably going to say, we're not going to make that game up. We're not going to resume it. We're just going to do the standings based on percentage points and all that type of stuff. But it's just something in the back of my mind with that detail not being ironed out yet – I think it could potentially have an impact on on these games in Week 18 and how they play out and who plays and who rests and all those sorts of things. Yeah, you know they uh, they already said that they're, the league already said it would not resume their suspended game this week. So with the playoffs, but next week, this week could it be uh, resumed next week? Saying, That's they, the whole thing. There's a small window to fit in another game before the wild card matchups on the 14th. Uh, Saturday the fourteenth. There's a small window. I, you know, I I just don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I, I I really don't. But I would think, I would think they they are going to make up the game. If I had a bet on it, I think they're going to make up the game. But you know, from a from a betting standpoint, all these people that bet. Imagine if you bet. Over Bill season wins or over Bengal season oh, wins. Wow, yeah, you I cash didn't it. You thought you had that. an easy winner, and yeah. you don't get paid because they have to play every game. And conversely, how about the guys that bet the under uh, and threw the tickets away? Oh no, <laughs> yes, right. this is just like betting baseball. It's when you bet the over of the Rangers Orioles game or whatever, and they've got 19 runs yeah. and it gets rained out in the seventh yes. inning, and you don't yep. get paid. It's the worst. Yeah, I mean, they, they they can actually, if they cannot find another date for the game, they might decide to drop it and just call it a tie. I mean, it, it, it literally could be a non-game or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and based on their, their record, their final records are based on 16 games rather than 17. So I think that's and, what's going to happen, Crack. That'd oh be boy. my guess. Oh, boy, is, I know someone who has a ridiculous yeah. amount of money on the over. I don't think they're going to oh, resume that game, God. and they're probably wow. going to rule it a tie. I think that's probably the way it's going to go. But I think yeah. that needs to be set in stone before week 18. You know, yeah. like we should know the scenario going You're into right week about 18. That. that we should know about that. Both teams should know about that. Yes. Yeah. And you're, the rest you're, you're, of the league, the rest of the, because if the, you, yeah, the league, if you right. don't know if the game could be resumed next week, 
And then the playoffs begin the following week. That's a huge piece of information and might determine how you approach week 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the best thing out of all of this is, is this kid is showing Absolutely. unbelievable. It's a miracle. It's a yes. miracle. Well, that's I mean, the this, thing. This is, this none is of next these scenarios, miracle, none kid, of it would matter right. if, if he yeah. wasn't improving. That's the yes. whole thing. Like, that's yes. what matters most. Uh, but because he is improving, then we can start to look at what the scenario might be. Uh, there's something else you're looking at here, Crack. We look at Saturday night, AFC South on the line for the Titans and Jags. What are you thinking here in the first half, bud? Yeah, I think they're going to come out pumped up in that first half. Jacks, Tennessee, I think we're going to see some points here. I like the over uh, over 20 in the first half there, and uh, it's available almost everywhere still. I think we're going to see a lot of points. And uh, uh, hopefully, I, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking we're going to be watching that game together, but who knows? I don't know where we're going to be Saturday night. Yeah, you're going right? to be there Saturday? <laughs> well, I'm going to be in Cincinnati with you, right? Well, there you're you go. Be... I didn't know you were getting in town that night. Oh, yeah, well, I'm so coming we'll in We'll definitely Saturday. be watching this game. We might be yeah. eating shrimp. Right. And, I, I heard know, a rumor. Yeah. Maybe some salmon. I don't know. Right. Maybe some uh, <laughs> steak. We get down with some steak as well, Crack. I'm yeah. up for any of that. This will be a, it'll be a fun time. I look forward to it. But, yeah, Jacksonville, Tennessee over first half. Looking for some points there. Uh, some fireworks, hopefully, in the first half there. And the other game really doesn't interest me, the Vegas-Kansas City game. Um, you know, again, look look at last week again. I mean, look, look at the, the – whenever you see these big point spreads this year, it's unbelievable taking the points. With what what has happened this year, this might be the number one year on record that to take double digits or I'll say nine or more points underdog. Uh, they, they have done unbelievable this year. So we have a couple situations this weekend. Um, you know, the, the San Fran, Arizona, the, the Philly Jet, the Philly and the Giants. Um, I mean, they're ugly teams, though. Arizona, God, I would hate to even think about betting them. But there's situ- situations there, too. So, And I would say Kansas City, Vegas, in, in Vegas. Everyone that I know, I mean, everyone asked me to get them tickets to this game. Bill, uh, could you get me tickets to a Raiders game? I'd like to get the Kansas City one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, all right, right. No problem. I mean, yeah, no problem. <laughs> but uh, that, that's the one they want. Quick. That's the game everyone's going to. So this will be – and, I, and I, I talk about it on our Sunday show, Countdown to Kickoff All the Time. So this crowd – will probably be 50-50 Kansas City fans oh, and, easy. and Vegas yeah. fans because, you know, if, unfortunately, people, a lot of people are fair weather fans to how the team's doing. And uh, so you may see more Kansas City jerseys than Vegas jerseys. By the way, Crack, I wanted to pick your brain here with the Week 18 prop bets, and you love this week because there are incentives on the line and sometimes you can cash in on that as well, not just yep. the player. But it's situational. I think as well where I'll give you a game, an example, where Jacksonville. Okay, so Jacksonville on Saturday night, they've got a chance to win the division against the Titans. Zay Jones, wide receiver, he needs 98 receiving yards to trigger a bonus. That would be half a million dollars if he can get to 900 receiving yards for the season. How do you think about that? Because going into the game – that's not even on their radar that we, right. hey, we need to get Zay Jones his 98 yards. They give a rat's ass about that. They're about winning the AFC South. Should the opportunity present itself and they're winning comfortably? Yeah, maybe they target Zay Jones. So how do you as a better think about incentive-based props uh, heading into week 18, depending on the situation specifically. Well, all right. You opened a can of worms here. I didn't, uh, we, we talked a little bit before the show. I didn't mention this one because I, I, I'm just, I haven't seen it yet. That's why. But I'll, all right, we'll go to it. 
He also needs two catches for two hundred and fifty thousand. Right. Yes. Yep. So I like to go I like the two catch one more than the yards one. Mm-hmm. So if, if if someone has that up, and sometimes these places put this up, you look at some of the sports books, they'll have a wide array of, of wide receivers and running backs, secondary running backs. So uh, that that's a very good bet to make. Incentive base proposition bets, boy, this is this will be a fun week. Uh, this is this is a fun week to bet a lot of these things. So yeah, you're you're you're, you're spot on about Zay Jones. That's the two different bonuses he needs. And if we can find that, I think it's a really good bet. You got your eye on tight end Tyler Higby. Let us know about this, Crack. He needs 13 yards to hit a half a million dollar bonus. Um, you know, he, he does come up on the on the prop sheets too. But, you know, he, he actually failed to do this in four of his last six games. However, they might not have targeted him as much, but – he played over 90% of the snaps. I was reading some, some, uh, an article about this. Um, you know, I think he easily goes over to 13 yards this week. If they have that up there, I will be betting this with both hands for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rams against the Seahawks uh, this weekend. So that's a base. This must be like, okay, this is ridiculous. Let's get the ball to Higby this time. Good Lord. The only thing is it might be too high though, Brian, the more I think about it. If, if they have him up at like 30 yards, you have to be careful. You have to see how many yards they have him sure. up. Sure. You know, he'll get his 13 yards and then take the money to the bench. Oh man, that would be brutal. <laughs> You're right though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We got him as 14. We're good. Yeah. Nothing, nothing more to see here. Let's put him on ice. Yeah. Um, how about this? Let's just hit on the Sunday night game here real fast, Crack. Lions at the Packers. Packers have been playing much better lately. They throttled the Vikings last week. They're on a winning streak. Lions have been playing very well um, outside of uh, a setback against the Panthers a couple of weeks ago. But they have been playing much better football. What do you see in that game? Well, listen, uh, the, the Lions need a ton of help. They need a win over Green Bay plus a Seattle loss or a tie against the Rams. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, but there's, there's other ways to get into it. It's a sick, sick way, but like they need a couple ties and then uh, and, and they can also get in. But the, they, they, that's the way to get in here. But I'll tell you what, I don't care if they don't even need the game. I want to tell you, I think Detroit's going to play them tough. I think this line may even go up a little bit. If we can get a six here, I think I may. I, this, this may be the number one week of the year where I bet some sides. So um, I, I don't do a lot of sides, but this, this may be one of my sides this week. We'll be uh, uh, betting on the Lions, old school rival. Uh, and, and, you know, Detroit played, they played so good in the middle of the year. I, I don't, they, they kind of fell apart a little bit. And uh, like I said, they were scoring 30, 40 points a game. They were, they were played so good. They played so tight against the spread. My God, this is, goes back to even last season. They were so tight against the spread. They're, they, were, they were in every game covering like crazy and uh, kind of let off, let off the gas here in, the, in like the, the, the third, um, I'm going to say the, the third quarter of the year. Um, and I just think that this is a good situation for them, though, here. I'm still not sold on uh, uh, Green Bay at all. And, you know, they, they really look bad throughout the season, even though they have looked good. They look, looked a little better uh, in the last few weeks. I'll look at Detroit here as uh, I'll be on a plane that night, but I'll be mm-hmm. probably having Detroit, a bet on Detroit. Yeah, well, they, listen, Detroit's been 7-2 and two down the stretch. Two of their losses, one was the Thanksgiving Day game against the Bills where they played oh, them very tough. Should've, it's should've what stands them. out is that game against Carolina where Carolina rushes for a franchise record on the ground. Out. It's like yeah. I think about – I'm not disagreeing with you 
the Lions plus the points might be the right side in this matchup. But if you're looking at props, I'd look directly at Aaron Jones because what's yep. Detroit going to do against the rush? And you know Green Bay is going to pound the rock. So I would look to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, depending on what their props are heading into this game. Uh, if it's too high, I'm going to stay away. But if you can get a line that's legit, that's doable, uh, they're just going to keep feeding those guys because, man, you look at that Green Bay rushing attack last week against Minnesota, I would expect something very similar against Detroit, who's having all kinds of trouble against the rush. Yeah, no, no, you, you're, you're right. There's also a guy, um, an outside linebacker, Preston Smith, that has a really interesting incentive that um, someone else sent me this, but I don't know how I can, more, I don't know how can I monetize, monetize this. Preston Smith needs one and a half sacks to earn a million bucks. So, wow. Um, he had two pressures week nine versus Detroit. So that's just just a little different take on something there. Sometimes they do have over-under on some of the defense. Some of the sites really put some crazy stuff up. So that's something else. But that should that that really gives us a, a real nice end cap to our uh, NFL regular season, as long as the Bengals game doesn't get replayed. That that should be an interesting game on, on Sunday night. Look forward to it. Some good things this week. Uh, I'm sure I'll have some extra stuff. I'll have some great stuff on our Sunday show for some proposition bets that will still be there. There's going to be a lot of low-hanging fruit in the sports books this week. Very much looking forward to it. Hey, be sure to check out the new-looking features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love. Whether it's live betting, the Daily Lions Boost, or the Cash Out feature, new users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. As Crack said right there, catch us on Sunday. Countdown to kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Bill Krakenberger with us from crackwins.com, not quackwins.com, no, crackwins.com. Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL veteran, myself, Brian No, We'll be live in Cincinnati. Welcome to betting, Ohio. Yes, we will be there in the flesh. Catch us from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Eastern time, right up to kickoff. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM.